0: Get Amplified from the Amplified Group, the podcast for tech industry leaders who want to build unstoppable teams to help their organizations execute faster. As always, we're virtual. I'm at home in Bucks, where it's riddling away. Vicky's over in Deepest Darkest Oxfordshire. I assume the weather is similar. Very similar, Sam. Yeah, roll on spring. So, Vicky, mm. who have we got on the episode today?
1: Yeah, thanks, Sam. So, on the podcast today, we have Yvonne Matsk. Um So, like many relationships that have sprung up over the last couple of years, Yvonne and I have not met in person. Um, but I first came across Yvonne when I saw a post from Harvey Smith, who was sharing that he just got involved in a new channel mentoring network. Um, And he gave a shout out to Yvonne. So I had a look into it and thought, oh, wow, it would be great to get to know Yvonne. And also for her to share what she's doing with the Channel Mentoring Network on the podcast. And I also thought it would be really appropriate because there's a lot of questions we get asked about the difference between coaching and mentoring. And I thought that would be a really great topic for the podcast. And so here we are.
0: Sounds like a good plan. So, Yvonne, welcome. Perhaps you could start by taking us through your your story. Give us a little bit of a career history today, if you don't mind.
2: Um, firstly, thanks for having me. It's like, really appreciate the the chance to to come and chat with you guys. I think what you, you're doing is fantastic. Um, so, career history. Oh, where do I start? So, I started back in my hometown of Sydney. It's in Cambridge here um, as an admin assistant on. The former YTS. So I don't know whether you guys remember that. The Young, Thick and Stupids they used to call us, but it was um, a modern-day apprenticeship scheme. And I was there for probably five years and I had an incredible time as a car seamen's manufacturer I was working for. So I already had the luxury of working with um, in a male-dominated environment from early on. So decided after five years they were relocating, I needed to do something different. And rather than go to Milton King's, I went to Mallorca. And became a holiday rep and i think that was the career um that totally changed my life for for the good i think i learned so many valuable life skills doing that job good and bad and it was also there where i met my most incredible friendship group that i still have today and i think it's because of them i've gone on to have the successful career in sales and leadership that i have to have today um so after coming back from york i moved to london had various sales positions um, from car sales, advertising sales, recruitment sales, and then finally landed in tech, which was in 2002, uh, when I started working as an account manager for a company called Genesis Enterprise. And it was at Genesis that I really, really found my true passion for tech and become a huge fan of Cisco. Um, Cisco at the time had just launched their video Conferencing solution. It was IP telephony. It was all. It was generation of Wi-Fi. It was some really exciting tech that was far more interesting than servers and storage. So, my boss at the time, because he knew I was so passionate about it, sort of encouraged me to explore the possibility of maybe becoming more specialised in the portfolio um, and then supporting the wider sales organisation to help, um, to drive Cisco, port- um, the Cisco portfolio, which I did. So took my CSE, became the Cisco specialist and helped build out a little Cisco practice uh, at Genesis, which was really successful. And it was because of that, I then got tapped up by Kelway in 2009, um, to go and build out their Cisco practice. Um, they were looking to become a gold partner. So, um, I used all of my knowledge of Cisco, the people I knew there and, um, that went from strength to strength as well it was an incredible journey that we went on I think when I joined it was like a four million dollar Cisco practice and when I left in 2020 it was 150 million on its own and we'd swept up at the global award so because of that success I was then promoted in 2014 to director of partners and marketing where I had overall responsibility for all of the relationships with the technology vendors and all of marketing for everything outside of the US and Canada. So then in 2020, well, actually it was in 2019, I made a decision that I wanted to do something different. Um, I'd been traveling a lot. I've got a young child and just thought, you know, all this travel is getting to a point now. And I was very fortunate to be in a position to decide to do something different. Um, Lo and behold, though, when I left on March the 31st, 2020, when the pandemic Shook so, shook us all. Um, I had to probably rethink what it was that I was going to do because originally I had all these ideas of going and spending six months visiting family and friends and having some time out to really explore what it was I wanted. Um, but I ended up being my daughter's school teacher, so which was, <laughs> that was my my next new job was was home school teacher for the next few months. But actually. It was because of the pandemic that really cemented the fact that I loved being at home with my daughter. I always wanted to explore coaching anyway, so decided to take a coaching accreditation, fell in love with it. and thought, actually, this is awesome. If I can combine my passion and knowledge of the IT industry with all of these coaching skills, then I can give back to way more people doing that than I would by going back to another leadership position. So in 20, oh, um, October 2020, rather than go back to another large corporate, I sort of took bit the bullet and um, started my own coaching practice, which, um, which is co-chair. So that's where I am today.
0: Cool. Sounds good. Fantastic journey. Thank so you. Maybe we can start by, and, and you've alluded to it, you've hinted at it, but perhaps you could tell us why you do what you do. It's clearly something you're passionate about. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that have always driven and motivated me is giving back and helping other people. I think the most rewarding role when you become a leader is seeing other people shine and grow and develop. And, and it's not about you anymore. It's about them. And they are your children. It's like having your kids at school. It's just like seeing them winning awards and, you know, progressing through their own um, careers and achieving things. It's 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 one of the most rewarding things that you can do. And I think when I was off over that six-month period, I did a lot of researching and soul-searching, and I'm a massive Simon Sinek fan. I don't know whether you guys are as well, but um, I read the book and was introduced to the book, um, Find Your Why. And I think it was through reading that book that I really discovered my true purpose, which was to inspire and empower others to be courageous so that they realise their full potential and that they are the best versions of themselves. So I thought, if I can combine coaching with my passion – then it's not like working right so hence I can help more people doing what I'm doing now than I would going back to another corporate so that's fundamentally the reason why plus I love being at home my little girl and I love that flexibility of being my own boss and working for myself and um, and making lots of positive change So you've just said two things there that have just triggered
1: two two things for me. One, that whole feeling proud of of helping people. One of the teams that we have been working with for two years now is the customer success team at Okta. And we've got to the point now with them that they said that I felt like I was part of the family. And I'm like, gosh, if I'm part of the family, I need to get out of here. It's time for me to go. So the last time, because every time they bring new hires in, they go through some training with me. And I said, right, the next time we have new hires in, you, we're going to do a train the trainer. And then next time you're going to deliver this, not me. So we did the train the trainer. And in it was one of the managers that I've coached, that he's become a manager from an individual contributor. And I was watching him listening to his team members talking. And he looked like a proud dad. And I thought, what does that make me? That's like, makes me the proud granny
2: oh it's, it's amazing
1: isn't it it was a really really wonderful experience to be able to see that and the joy that I get from it and and I was with a leadership team and they were mapping out their career and we do this career map where your passion points are to where you are now and they said you know when we started our, our career we were really passionate and really excited about what we were doing but now you know we, we, we don't feel quite that passion as where we, as, where, as when we started. And I thought, gosh, I feel so lucky because actually I've gone right back full circle to having the, mm. the passion that I had when I started out.
2: Yeah, the same. I think I'm as, and I tell people when they ask me, I said I'm as passionate about coaching as I was about Cisco. Yeah. That's how I feel, sort of, you know.
1: Yeah.
2: Cisco will always be my sort of favourite mentor, don't tell everybody you know it's because yeah, it's, yeah. it's reigned in me you can take the girl out of Cisco you t- can't take Cisco out of the girl but um, yeah and my father-in-law also said to me once and this always resonates if you find a job you love you'll never work a day in your life yeah. and that's literally how I feel about it yeah yeah. but yeah. Well, you, you loved your, your job
1: Sam didn't you completely
0: yeah absolutely you know it, it was I think Probably a bit like both of you, really. I was never planning for a career in tech. I was planning to be a rock star. Um, That was my original goal. Um, Kind of failed at that, but hey, what the hell? Uh, And I I fell into it, as I've said before on the the podcast. I really only took the job at Softcap to get six months or a year's worth of experience before going and getting a real job. Um, And then magically, it sort of transformed into a real job. I totally get that, find a job that you love or a place that you love being at or a bit of both and you'll never work a day in your life, you know. uh, It did, did, you know, it it was work, it was hard work, but it was very rewarding. You always felt like you were making a difference and bloody hell, it was good fun.
1: It's that fulfilment piece, isn't it, and making a difference? Mm. It feels like we're we're digressing a bit. Sorry for taking us off track.
0: (laughs) <laughs> no why not why not what the hell so we should probably start you know you talk about coaching Yvonne where where's the line between coaching and mentoring
2: so that's a really good I get asked this a lot actually it's I think people get a bit confused as to what the differences are or is you it, know is it very- a big
0: Venn diagram where they're all sort of overlap a little bit.
2: They do overlap and they both coexist for the same reason, which is to help and support and nurture other people, but they have, a, they're just a different type of approach to it. So I think the easiest way to explain it for me is mentoring is where you give someone advice based on your experience, your knowledge, your past, you know, challenges that you might have faced. People will come to you to give them support and advice. So, that's pushing information onto somebody. So in that scenario, you're giving them a fish, okay? Whereas coaching is very different in the approach because you're teaching them to fish. What you're doing, you're asking really great questions. You're using a whole load of techniques and skills that you've learned to pull the information from somebody. Because most of the time, they already know the answer. They just haven't got, to the solution themselves yet so by asking really good questions and getting them to think really differently you're pulling the information from them so now you're teaching them to fish so mentoring is pushing and giving a fish coaching is pulling and teaching to fish and you know what they say if you give someone a fish they eat for a day if you teach them to fish they eat every day
0: do you you think that mentoring and coaching have roles at different stages of people's development i mean I, you know i kind of do this stuff in informally with people that are mo- mostly soft cat and ex softcat people um and I, I i'd never really thought about the delineation between coaching and mentoring if i'm honest um but that made me think about the ways i support you know maybe a couple of the youngsters who are at the early stage of their career which does feel much more like mentoring whereas those who were Maybe in my team does feel a bit more like coaching, you know, those who are, are, you know, getting on for my kind of age with a bit of experience and what have you. Is that fair?
2: Yeah, I also think you can be coach like without being a coach. So you can blend the two things. Um, In fact, I literally did a session for some mentors um, yesterday on that. So they're building out their own mentoring programme, a company called Sapphire, which is amazing. They're doing it all internally. And they wanted to help support the mentors in terms of understanding what a good mentor looks like. Um, and we covered off how to have more coach-like conversations. At the end of the day, as a mentor, they're coming to you because you've got the, the experience and the knowledge. So that you never forget that, but you can still give the same support, but do it in a way that is more coach-like. Yes, so, you can ask them questions. And if they really can't get to the solution, rather than just keep giving them the answer, you can do it in like a third person, as an example. So yeah. you can still approach it in a more coach-like way without actually being a coach, if that makes sense. I yeah. think the other difference that coaching also does, if, if you're a qualified coach, like as we are, um, it's more to it than just asking good questions. It, you start to explore things like mindset, how people's brains work, the psychology around it, people's self-awareness, thought processes, which is far more complicated and complex than just learning how to ask good questions, if that makes sense. So that's the bit that I think proper formal coaching will give somebody. It helps them with things like behavioural changes as opposed to just skill advice, if that makes
0: sense. Skill transfer, yeah.
1: I feel like I need to make a confession. And and I think I said this this to you when we first met, Yvonne. So I'm not a qualified coach and I would never profess to be a coach. But the way that I describe what what I do um, and what we do at the Amplified Group is we do team coaching. So we're more focused on team dynamics. And then we work with people like yourself who are qualified coaches to do that I always say it feels like we get it the wrong way around we do coaching of individuals and we set them all up against each other versus coaching the team and then seeing what additional support people need I give the analogy of footballers you don't coach them all separately and then put them on the football field and hope that they they can play together you coach them as a team and then say actually you need some dribbling skills or tackling skills or and that supplements it, so it feels
2: like it's the wrong way around so what's what's your perspective on that no i'd I, I, I think you have to be a team right so you have to at yeah. the end of the day you are all driving for the same goal, whatever that goal hopefully. Might. hopefully, well, if you're not, then you definitely need some team coaching because <laughs> you absolutely should be at the end of the day you're there for the same reasons okay um you might just approach them differently you might have a different role in the organization but fundamentally you're employed by an organization to achieve a certain goal whether that's a financial goal or a technology goal whatever that goal is a performance goal it's the same goal but you just may approach it differently because at the end of the day we are all different
1: yeah and that's what we that's what that's what we cover that's exactly what we yes. cover and that team dynamics and coming at it from different different perspectives yeah 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 that and
2: that makes being aware makes sense. of that you know you people are different we all have different personalities which is fantastic it's good the world would be very boring if we were the same right but yeah. it's being more having more that heightened self-awareness about yourself but also that you are different to others and just because you like to think one way doesn't mean that that's the right way or necessarily how other people can perceive or understand how you communicate more yes. effectively yeah. or give them the right information because people just consume information very differently and they they that, that's who they are they can't help that that appreciation that we are all different and if we have a better understanding and appreciation for each other we're going to be even more powerful and even more yeah better. yeah so we,
1: we we describe that as being able to adapt to to different people yes.
0: So maybe you could tell us a little bit about this uh, mentoring network that you've launched.
2: Yeah. So um, when you start your own business, and Vicky will know this, you go from working for a big, large corporate where you have loads of resources and people around you to give you support and advice to being on your own where you're responsible for making all the decisions, which is great, but sometimes they aren't the right ones. I mean, I think about the number of domain names I've got registered because I thought it was a great idea at the time. And one of the things I noticed was it's quite lonely, not in a way, oh, I feel really sorry for myself because I'm set on my own, lonely in the way that you want somebody to bounce ideas off and share an opinion and give you an honest view. So that was the first sort of reason behind it. And I missed meeting up with you know, our frenemies at all these partner conferences where we'd sit at the bar and have a, a chat about the specific vendor we were at and sort of share um, opinions about whether we felt that their programmes were any good or what we thought honestly about those um, the solutions that they were bringing out, etc. All obviously non-competitive with the people that we were talking to, but you sort of miss that engagement. And then obviously, the more senior you are in organisations, again, it's sort of quite lonely, because who do you go to for support and advice? That combined with the fact that coaching is quite costly for some, and unless you work for a big, large corporate or a big vendor, you don't really get access to mentors. So who do you go to if you want that advice and support? And there's also a number of roles in the channel, for example, that are quite solitary, So they may be only one person in an organisation that does that role. So again, where do they go for support and advice um, around specific challenges that they might be facing? Because they might be the only person in an organisation that does it. So that was sort of the the reason behind why we did it. And then so I came up with this, idea: we need a community or something that can provide a service free of charge, to people up and coming generation we talk about talent retention that we can give back you know we've all done incredibly well we're all in a position where we can actually now give some time back to these people and help that next generation of talent grow and support them so I tapped up a few industry friends and um, floated the concept through them and said look this is my idea what do you think they loved it and then they helped me sort of get it off the ground Um, and yes we sort of soft launch it in April and we've sort of been doing the pilot really um but it's going from strength to strength we've now got over 200 members we've got 30 channel buddies we call them buddies by the way because one right. of the things one of the things that we realize is the term mentor can be quite elitist yeah and what we didn't want people to think is that it's sort of hierarchical or elitist, because that's not what we want. No, that creole causes a level playing
1: field then with buddies? That's it. it. Yes, yeah, I love that.
2: Yeah, and so we just thought we need a new name for it because we wanted it to be softer and wanted people to feel yeah. that they could approach us and it wasn't. It doesn't have to be like very structured and formal, and you know, this is just about having people there that are willing to, to give back and support you so, yeah. yeah we re- returned it channel buddy for that reason and i think it landed pretty well actually i'm really keen to know some more about it so we've got you know numerous organizations involved now um we've probably across the spread of the 200 um members that we have they come you know they're from ceos down to account managers their distribution their vendors they're they're resellers, they're competitors, um, you know, they complement each other, they support each other, and we've got some amazing um, partnerships working already. So you mentioned Harvey. I mean, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. When I launched this um, with CRN back in the April, he was one of the first people to put his hand up, and say, I want to get involved. I want to help out. I want to support. And um, he's working fantastically with somebody within um, distribution Yeah, that's the post that I saw that so many
1: reach out to you and and connect with you Uh, um, because I think Harvey's buddy had said how helpful it was and it was just lovely.
2: I'm like, oh, what's this? This looks amazing. Yeah, and he's really supported his journey and Harvey will say himself, it's a two-way thing. He's getting as much out of the relationship with his buddy as his mentee is because people forget that sometimes you can you can learn as much from your mentee as you they learn from you it's a two-way stretch
1: absolutely I was with two Cisco apprentices yesterday and oh my goodness they were they were just inspiring absolutely inspiring in fact they told me about an exercise to do with the team and I'm like share that with me this is two-way here amazing
0: great stuff so can you tell us about any early successes any any ways that people can get involved
2: so I think early successes have been like people like Harvey getting involved. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, we've got some. I mean, Hayley Roberts, um, who is the CEO of Distology, she was Distology,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. She's been awesome, and she's really helped me get off the ground. Um, and actually, we're because of the next evolution, So we've it was pretty much let's get it out there, see how it works. We're all volunteers; none of us are getting paid for any of this. It's literally just um, giving our time. Um, but it's got to that stage now. For it to get to that next stage of growth, we need to sort of operationalise it a little bit. So yep. Ailey, um has kindly offered to sponsor it as part of Distology, And we've got a few others in the pipeline that are raring to go, just so we can get someone in to operationalize it, so we can get it to that next phase of growth, um, which we're really excited about because the concept has been proven. The people that are matched together are incredibly, you know, we've got some really successful partnerships going um, in terms of getting involved, it's so easy. We've got a LinkedIn group. That's it. It's, we've tried to make it as simple as possible because we don't – any admin involvement means me. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the basically the admin person. Um, so, yeah, just basically there's a LinkedIn group. Just ask to join that. We'll accept you if you're in the channel and you want to give back um, or you just want a place to feel part of something else that you don't have at the minute. alternatively, we do actually have an event we're running on the 21st of April. We're going to be in central London, which is a community get-together where you can come along and meet some of the buddies and the mentees. Um, We're also going to do, um, probably do a lot of mentoring circle while we're there with a few of the buddies so some of the mentees can get experience from other people. Um, And then you all, all go through the website and that's it. So once you're in, if you do want a channel buddy, so if you've decided, actually, I would love to have somebody support my career then all you do is there's a form that we ask you to complete because we want to make sure that the conversations are strictly between the individuals not about the organization Confidential. yeah confidentiality yeah, yeah. we also want to make sure there's no poaching of staff yes Helen talent yes. is so tough at the minute what we don't want to be known for is oh you're doing this great job but now the people keep leaving because the mentees yes. you know the mentors poaching them in tea etc so we just have some a bit of a constitution that they have to sign up and agree to then what they is so easy they literally go on the website look who's available on there see who has the skill match we've got somebody that can support them and then they just reach out to them directly that's it that easy um and so what's the website called it's (laughs)
1: www.thechannelcommunity.com Yeah. Okay, and what we'll do is we'll we'll add anything, like the information about your meetup that you're doing. We'll, we can put all of that into the show notes and we can put it on our website so that we can Brilliant. do it afterwards.
2: Brilliant. And then if you want to be a channel buddy, which would be also amazing, um, it's again, just that simple. Just join the group on LinkedIn, just so you're part of our community. Yeah. Then let us know that you want to be a channel buddy. Again, there's a similar form to complete. Just send us all your, and then with, so you can upload all your bios and stuff. And that is it. And um, one thing that we are going to do, which is something that's been called for, and um, is the, the session I delivered for the internal people at Sapphire. We're going to offer that to all of the channel buddies free of charge. So that they have, so if you've never been a mentor or you've never been a buddy before, but you're really interested, it's like a very high level training course on, what mentoring is, how to be a good mentor, how to ask good questions and have been more coach-like in it. So sort of a two-hour session that we're going to offer to all of the channel buddies for free so they can have some confidence that they know what they're doing. So will that be delivered as a virtual session then? So um, the plan is maybe to do it physically on the 21st with the people that can make it and then probably run it every quarter virtually. Right. Okay. Great. I think I want to sign right. up for
0: And do you take Washed Up Old Retired?
2: You've got to sign up to that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do do, do you take Washed Up Old Retired channel has-beens? We take...
2: (laughs) Take anyone, (laughs) Sam. Stop (laughs) it. it. You're the best people to be involved because you've been there, seen it, bought it, and you've probably got more time than some. So we'd love you to be involved, Sam. If you want (laughs) to come and give back to that next generation...
0: Welcome. Uh, 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 once I've got my azaleas planted, I'll sign up.
2: <laughs> Fair
0: so what would be your, your three key takeaways for our listeners if they need to find a mentor? We always ask for takeaways.
2: So what the first thing I'd say is think about firstly what it is that you want from a mentor because throughout my career I've been asked to be a mentor numerous times and a lot of the time people actually don't know what they want. They just think it's really cool to have one. So that's my first key takeaway. Make sure you know what it is that you want from your mentor. Then have a look at your own internal network, internally with your own organisation, within your friendship circle or your external network and think about, is there anyone within my own network that can provide me with that skill or resource or advice that I need? And if you can't, join the channel community Or another type of organisation that can provide you that? And then be brave and ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. And most people will be glad to give you their support and help. As long as you're very clear about what it is that you want and why, then most people, I don't know anybody really that would say no, unless they really haven't got the time. And then even if they haven't got the time, they can point you in the direction of somebody that has. Yeah. So that would probably be it. Know what you want. Look at your network and then just be brave and ask.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. And You know, you mentioned um, some of your reading and Simon Sinek and some other bits and pieces. Uh, Would you be so kind as to give our our listeners a a book recommendation, please?
2: Uh, Yes. Like you say, I love reading. I've got loads of book recommendations. But one I've read recently, which I really enjoyed, is called Grit um, by an author called Angela Duckworth. Um, it also awesome. I mean, talks about she talks about the grit score and how and grit by grit she means resilience. So how yeah, what yeah. makes people successful isn't academic capability or your results. It's basically your ability to keep getting back up again, your ability to be resilient, but combined with a passion and a purpose as well. So if you get those two things together, you're pretty dangerous. Yeah. So they scored <laughs> a dangerous, of dangerous in a good way. Dangerous in a good way, yeah, and they look, literally, the most successful people have very high grit scores, and in the book she actually has the grit score, so you can do it yourself to see how gritty you are as an individual, um, yes, yeah, so that's a really good book, but it's, I think it's what, great to What was your grit score? It was quite high, actually, I think um, it was 4.8 or something like that, out, 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 of, out, of, out of 5.
0: Out of 5,
2: oh wow. that is high, isn't it? yeah yeah But I've been around a long time I've been knocked back quite a lot as well so I think that's just the art of keep getting back up again
0: yeah uh,
1: can I just say you don't look like you've been around a long time am I allowed to say
2: that I'll take it Vicky thank <laughs> <laughs> you
0: thank you everyone fascinating stuff and I, I wish you all the all the success with your coaching business and with the mentoring network that sounds like a, a really valiant effort to support the channel um, it just remains for me to say thank you for listening to Get Amplified from the Amplified Group. As always, your comments and your subscriptions are gratefully received.
2: The fact that one advantage of being vertically challenged is that I've always looked fairly young for my age, which has it's an advantage. Now is always I always used to see it as a disadvantage when I was in my career because. I always assuming people thought I was too young to know what I was talking about. But again, as you know, Vicky, it's all in your head. Yes, Thoughts are facts. It. So yeah. it's just yeah. how you perceive it. You know, they don't look at you and think about you as an individual. They rate you on what you say and what you can deliver, not on what you look like, which... Yeah. So.
1: That's, that's, that's absolutely it. I, I mean, I've told this story quite a few times, I think. I think I've told it on the podcast. Of when I first got made a director at Citrix, I was working with the engineering team and the head of HR... T- me to power dress she said vicky you need a scarf or you need a brooch but you need something to get their, and yeah you need something to get their attention and i'm like i really really hope that what i say and what comes out of my mouth is what's going to get their attention and 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 it it did
2: <laughs> Thanks i so had it. a very similar experience i went on this brand awareness course that kelway had put on and they basically told me i had to wear sets uh, like twin set and pearls because yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. what he said off the back of this. So because of that, I always had this view that I had to look like a mini Margaret Thatcher.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Gosh, but, we um, could have a whole different conversation about that, couldn't we? But
0: that's we a, should, that's
2: a, maybe we should, Vicky. That's another podcast right there.
0: I, yeah. I actually think that would be a really interesting and useful podcast topic, um, simply because I, I think that's probably less of a problem for guys than yeah. it is for girls and for, you know from my point of view it will be really interesting to explore that and have people take some learning from that because
1: I, th- I think i think so um you know i think i've referred well i'm going to cut this bit out because we're, we're going off and i want to make sure we can hmm. stick to time but um microsoft did something in about, it was about 2002, and they realised that they were promoting women that had taken on the blue shirt and chinos uniform to, and and they were promoting women that were behaving like men, basically.
0: Interesting. Which um, doesn't really help if you think about building a team no, with diversity all. of thought. Not,
1: not at all. And actually what's really interesting is Jacqueline De Rocca, who I don't know if you know. yeah, her, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Said, and, yeah. that says, "I used to behave like a man," and I'm like, "Oh my god, thank God
2: somebody has yes. actually said it." Thank yeah. you. I've seen a comment on it that I saw that and yeah. I resonate myself, and I, that was me because yeah. all of your role models and your environment was strong, men. competitive men, so you morph yeah. into this person because you're a product of your environment and you can't help it. But um, Sam, there's a really good. So I've done loads of research on this, obviously through my coaching and. Of my passion for supporting women, it's um, they call it speaking while female. So, if you're in a group, women generally speak 20,000 words a day, men on average speak 8,000, but yet, when the woman's in a room with her, all men and then the minority, they speak 80% less. Wow. Something else wow. that women do, which is called minimizing. So, a guy goes, So, you go into a room full of men and they sit there and they like this. Right, and they take up. They put their legs on the desk, and they over. You know, they're like they take up room. A woman like, walks like into man,
0: the room. man spreading.
2: Man spreading, right? A woman walks into the room. She goes. She goes like this because she's trying to make herself small. And they call that minimalizing. It's because of the space around them. So, might not be power dressing, but there's something I can't. Amy Cuddy. She taught Amy. I, got, I think I've got the surname no. wrong. No, power pose. Power pose. So that's yeah. a, that's a really, really interesting one. So I started
1: exploring doing some work. This is definitely another conversation, but I started exploring doing some work with the Oxford Drama School about helping women come into a room with presence but still act gently like a woman, having gentle presence. And I thought that that's so there's there's definitely something
2: there.
0: I think I think all of that stuff would, you know, you could have a mini series. Oh, I think that would be fascinating to explore.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. us do right. it. And, you, and you, you know what? It, it would help guys as well as, obviously, you know, we're talking about helping women, but it would also help guys to be more accommodating, be more mindful, perhaps, when interacting with women, if they know that, that, that women go through these things. It's, yeah. So,
1: was talking... It cuts both
0: ways, doesn't it?
1: it, it does, does but there needs to be a sensitivity of it because what i yeah, yeah. absolutely hate is women getting a position because they're just a number and they are yeah, yeah,
0: there yeah.
1: versus actually they're the right person to have that job yeah. and that's 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 got to be there